Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 19th of September. India's coronavirus tally crossed 53 lakhs or 5.3 million today after over 93,000 cases were reported in the last 24 hours. However, in what was cited as a landmark global achievement, India has overtaken the US in the highest number of COVID recoveries in the world. Over 42 lakh people have recovered from the virus, pushing the recovery rate in the country to nearly 80%. The health ministry also confirmed that the mortality rate of the virus has fallen to 1.61%. The Ministry of Home Affairs has written to all states asking them not to block the supply of oxygen which is needed to fight the pandemic. This order was issued after concerns were raised in the parliament on oxygen being sold in the black market due to lack of availability. The center has finally clarified its stance on the migrant labor crisis. It admitted for the first time in the Rajya Sabha that 97 migrant workers had died during the lockdown aboard the Shramik special trains. Delhi Health Minister Satyendra Jain said today that community transmission of the coronavirus is prevalent in the capital, but only the center or the Indian Council of Medical Research or ICMR can comment on it. Community spread or the third stage of a pandemic is declared when the source of infection is unknown. Jain said and I quote, when people in such large numbers are getting infected in Delhi and other parts of the country, it should have been admitted that there is community spread, but only ICMR or central government can comment on this. Unquote. The Vadodara Municipal Corporation in Gujarat has received flack for allegedly manipulating COVID-19 data. The municipality has recorded just around 10,000 cases since the outbreak of the virus. However, seeing the growing number of cremations across the city, representatives of both the Congress and the BJP suggested the use of concealed data. However, the mayor of the city has said that the numbers may have been manipulated to avoid spread of panic among people. The Patna High Court has asked the Bihar government to look for alternate ways of teaching apart from online classes. Currently, around 1.19 crore children are unable to attend classes due to closure of schools. The court order was in response to a suomoto cognizance of a story by the Indian Express which had highlighted how children in Bhagalpur had to sell scrap due to the lack of midday meal schemes that they received in schools. The bench asked the Bihar government to continue schemes like midday meals and the Sarv Siksha Abhiyan to provide meals or ration as feasible along with textbooks and notebooks to government school students. The judgment came even as schools in Delhi were ordered to remain shut until the 5th of October. Meanwhile, the Indian trials of the vaccine being developed by Novavax are slated to begin in late October. Novavax has entered an agreement with the Serum Institute of India to produce 100 million doses of the vaccine with at least 50% of the doses to be used in the country. Senior Congress leader P Chidambaram lashed out at the Prime Minister Narendra Modi for maliciously distorting his party's manifesto. The row which had started on the debate over the farm bills intensified in the parliament. The controversial farm bills proposed by the center are the Farmers Produce Trade and Commerce Bill 2020, the Farmers Empowerment and Protection Agreement on Price Assurance and Farm Services Bill, and the Essential Commodities Amendment Bill. The bill seeks to abolish the Agricultural Market Produce Committees Act and help marginal farmers sell their produce at competitive prices anywhere in India. However, many farmers believe that this means that they will no longer be able to sell at minimum support price, which is their biggest safety net. As a result, many of them have been protesting the bills across Punjab and Haryana. 
Although the bills have already been passed in the Lok Sabha, they face stringent opposition in the Rajya Sabha. The Congress party is one of the strictest critics of the bill. However, in its manifesto, the party had also sought to abolish the same act, a fact that BJP had pointed out. Chidambaram defended the party's stance by saying that the Congress would have ensured multiple accessible markets for farmers looking to sell their produce before scrapping the act. He added that the farmers would have been provided access to technology and adequate infrastructure to enable them to sell their products. He alleged that the government had surrendered to corporates and traders and demanded a clause to link the lowest price farmers would get for their produce from private buyers to minimum support price. The Prime Minister responded to these claims by saying that fake news was being spread that farmers would not be able to avail minimum support price. The Lieutenant Governor of Jammu and Kashmir, Manoj Sinha, has announced an economic relief package of 1,350 crore rupees to aid businesses in the Union Territory. The Lieutenant Governor admitted that the industrial sector had undergone major losses post the abrogation of Article 370. Here are some of the schemes enlisted under this economic package. A discount of 50% in water and electricity bills for a year. Industrial and commercial consumers belonging to various industries including tourism, agriculture, etc. will be eligible for this discount. Around 105 crore rupees has been allocated for this. Additionally, borrowers who run businesses will be provided 5% interest subvention for 6 months. The credit card scheme will extend the maximum limit to 2 lakh rupees for people employed in the handloom and handicraft industries. They will also be provided with 7% interest subvention. Manoj Sinha also informed that a special desk will be set up to aid women and youth enterprises under this package. At a time when the battle for TRPs has made a section of television news fall into new depths, a timely survey titled News Credibility Index by a media consulting firm called Ormax Media has found print media to be the most credible source of news compared to TV and digital media. While television news scored a 56% and radio 57%, print emerged as the clear winner with a 62% score. The survey was carried out across 17 states, recording responses from 2,400 urban news consumers over the age of 15 years. According to the survey results, fake news was a major concern for 61% of news consumers. Despite the ever-rising reach of digital and social media, the survey found that their credibility as a news source was at a mere 32%. WhatsApp and other similar messaging apps scored even lower at a 29%. With Twitter becoming increasingly entwined with the news cycle, it was not surprising that the platform emerged as the most credible news source compared to other such platforms. However, with 53%, it scored 1% higher than television news, which in itself says a lot about the state of TV news in the country. Speaking to The Economic Times, Shailesh Kapoor, founder and CEO of Armax Media, said, and I quote, Concerns related to fake news have been a topic of discussion globally as well as in India, and the problem of fake news seems to be getting larger with every passing month. This survey was conducted to quantify the extent of this concern in India and to understand if some media fare better than others. We plan to track these measures every six months, which will allow us to compare how perception of news consumers regarding fake news is changing with time. Unquote. For the last two years, Divya Nureti has avoided going home. Home is Koka village in Chhattisgarh's Narayanpur, carved out of Bastar in 2007. Two years ago, on a cold night in January, Divya's father, Mugulu Nureti, was killed right before her eyes. 
He died at the entrance of a house shot by Maoists on suspicion of being a police informer. With his death, Mughalu joined a congregation of Adivasis in Chhattisgarh who were killed under the same suspicion. In the first week of September this year, four villagers from Pusnar and Metapal villages were murdered on suspicion of being police informers in the Dumli Palnar forest in Bijapur district, which is a Naxalite hotbed. In the ongoing clash between security forces and Maoists, the Adivasis have paid the price. They are reportedly killed by Maoists who then release pamphlets and posters denouncing the victims. Families told our reporter that no one in the area wants to be an informer, either of the police or the Maoists. Do read Pratik Goyal's eye-opening report on the issue. It is titled, In Chhattisgarh, Adivasis are being murdered on suspicion of being police informers. Dear listeners, in-depth ground reports like these require not just time and effort, but also a fair amount of resources. Now, as most of you are aware, News Laundry is an ad-free news platform because we believe in times as polarized as this, the independence of media is of utmost importance. I just told you about the survey that shows people are losing faith in television news and fake news is a major concern. But reports like these that bring out the nitty-gritties from the ground can change that. Since we do not make any money from ads, we depend on folks like you to support us, people who understand the importance of free media. So do us and democracy a favor and subscribe to News Laundry. And now for some international updates. The coronavirus has infected more than 30.5 million people around the world. Out of these, over 20 million have recovered, while over 952,000 people have lost their lives to the disease. Indonesia reported its biggest daily rise in COVID-19 infections with more than 4,000 new cases. Poland, too, reported its highest daily rise since the pandemic began, with over 1,000 new coronavirus cases. The epidemiologist whose modelling helped shape Britain's coronavirus lockdown strategy has said that new coronavirus restrictions will be needed in England sooner rather than later if the government is to prevent the disease from surging again. Although British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has expressed reluctance on imposing another lockdown, he said that measures would have to be taken as the country was facing an inevitable second wave of the virus. Mayor Bill de Blasio has said that he is very confident that New York City will meet a revised timeline to bring public school students back to classrooms within the next two weeks following closures because of the coronavirus pandemic. De Blasio had delayed the reopening plan for the United States' largest school district for the second time since it was announced in July, citing a shortage of staff and supplies. In Slovakia, the personal data of nearly 400,000 people tested for coronavirus ended up unsecured online after a breach in the state's health system. The breach has since been repaired after a group of so-called ethical hackers had flagged the issue. The U.S. Supreme Court Justice and the iconic champion for women's rights, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, died of cancer on Friday at the age of 87. Ginsburg was suffering from metastatic pancreatic cancer. A well-known feminist, Ginsburg became a figurehead for liberals not just in the United States but around the world. She was the oldest justice and the second-ever woman to sit in the Supreme Court, where she served for 27 years. While U.S. Supreme Court justices serve for life or until they choose to retire, supporters had expressed concern earlier that a more conservative justice could succeed Ginsburg. According to reports, President Trump is expected to nominate a conservative replacement for Ginsburg as soon as possible. 
Over a pioneering legal career spanning six decades, Ginsburg attained a massive celebrity status as a lawmaker in the United States, respected by liberals and conservatives alike. Liberal Americans in particular looked up to her for her progressive votes on the most divisive social issues such as abortion rights, equal pay, privacy rights, and same-sex marriages. She was appointed to the Supreme Court by former President Bill Clinton in 1993, becoming only the second of four female justices to be confirmed to the court. Towards the end of her life, Ginsburg became a national icon and thanks to her withering dissents, she was dubbed the Notorious RBG by her online fans, a comparison to the late rapper Notorious B.I.G. that introduced her to a new generation of young feminists and turned her into a cult figure. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Do watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance where Manisha looked at Sudarshan News and its show on UPSC Jihad. So many questions come to mind. Why is this news? Why is Suresh Chavanke called a journalist? And why are people in power patronizing this? To find out, watch the episode. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please.